Good Company. Honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. Right. So I woke to an upsetting message on Slack this morning. My faithful VA who handles the podcast logistics handed in a resignation. And I know. And we've gotten to this point once before and sorted it out. But now it's, um, it's nothing, you know, it's not nothing personal. She's got her own health stuff going on and she just can't handle the work and, um, and her health. So I'm really sad to lose her because it's made like having her, it's only been a few hours a week, but just having someone to upload my podcast episode and do the blog post just makes my life so much easier because I don't have to think about it. Someone to remind me, oh, we're on, you know, we've only got two eps in the can now. You need to record something soon. It just takes the stress off me. I don't have to think about that stuff, which creates space for me to be able to create more, which is how I want to show up in the world. And you and I were just talking, we went into the Keeping Good Company Facebook group and I just said, you know, we're recording, anyone got any questions? And the the question that comes up every single time we post something or we're in a mastermind circle or whatever is how do you find a VA? So mm. we thought we would just talk about building a team, when it's right for you, when's the time to bring someone in and share a bit of our own stories around that because it's been quite a process for both of us. So where do we start this one, old Lisa? I mean, middle-aged, I mean, young Lisa. Whoa. (laughs) Hang on a minute. How did it just just flip your segues? Leave a lot to be desired. This is why I quit radio. I am not very good at segues. (laughs) You just prefer to keep going. I mean, I was was quite happily listening to you. Um, Anyway, 38 is not old, but it probably is middle-aged, but I still feel 27. So yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I have, and, and this is something this morning I got a message from someone saying um, she was asking for the name of the amazing copywriter, Jess, who I've been working with. And she said, and I thought, you know, PS, I thought you were pulling back. You seem out there more than ever maybe it's just the team. And I wrote back and said, yeah, absolutely. It's the team um, making all that stuff happen. And I know that people look at my output and think, how does she do all that? Like, how is she? And so I really want to kind of demystify what it is I'm actually doing in my business at the moment and how it got to this point. And the fact that also don't have it sorted. So my amazing Mel is going on maternity leave. She's literally due in one week when we're recording. She might have had her baby by the time this goes live. And um, so extraordinary. And I'm so excited. And scary. Scary scary. for you. (laughs) Because what my story with outsourcing has been where I have found someone. So I started my online business. I did, I didn't, I never created my own website. 
I always had someone build me a website, but then I learned how to use it so I could upload blog posts. I learned how to use MailChimp so I could run my challenges and I ran small steps to Whole Foods via MailChimp and uploading videos to Vimeo the first two times. And then I got a proper membership site and was like, oh God, why? I just added all this information in and uploaded the video and it's crashed. And like this module is going live tomorrow and I'm suddenly up till midnight and going, why is this not working? I don't understand going through all of the process videos that I was given by Liz so I could work out how to do things and just tears, lots of tears. And we had someone, we were in a a free mastermind at that point. And there was an amazing woman who was like, do you need a hand? And she became the right-hand person. She ended up just taking all of the stuff that I couldn't do and doing it, all of the little tech stuff. And having her in my business at that stage felt really, really scary because I wasn't even really taking money from my business at that stage. Even although I'd had a few successful launches, it was all going back into the business. And I... I was like, wow, okay, so this means I'm going to have to pay someone, not on a project basis, but like, I don't know what, what was an hourly rate. I don't know what this is going to lead to. How am I going to be able to pay her? But her value to me at that time was worth its weight in gold because it meant I could just pump through stuff faster. And then, and we worked together for quite a long time. And there were some months where I was like, whoa that really bites. And there were some months where I was saying to her, I just need to get this launch happening so I can pay you. I need to launch again because the money's drying up. And that's a a horrible place to be in. So anyway, that sort of then evolved to then she had decided this wasn't the type of work she wanted to be doing anymore. And it became all encompassing. And I take full responsibility for that not being a very good and constructive working relationship by the end. It just wasn't, it wasn't working for her and it wasn't working for me either. And I didn't have enough, I mean, I had zero management experience. I've never managed people before. I don't even know. I mean, apart from putting together a team and producing a TV show, but there was still someone above me kind of keeping everything in check. So it's a brand new set of skills that I did not have And I was so overwhelmed all the time in my business that I wasn't paying any attention. Oops, sorry. Um, So, yes. Hashtag real life. Phone goes off. (laughs) Hashtag Stripe payment. (laughs) Bing, bing. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) They're the kind of bings we like. It helps my money mindset to um, have that those notifications on. I don't have push notifications on many things, but I like my Stripe notifications. Anyway, so I ended up then um, finding someone new to work with, and that person was Mel. Our working relationship was she was like baptism by fire into my business. Didn't I didn't manage it well. I was still in that state of chaos and overwhelm and working to the very last minute. And she has been the most extraordinary asset to my business, helping me as I have been ready for um, systems processes. But to be clear, she's not the only person in my business anymore. I have a Facebook ads person who I pay monthly to run ads. I have uh, a VA. I actually two VA, a customer service VA, and then a just a uploading stuff on the website VA. I have 
a, a designer who I have on retainer so she can make everything look amazing. <laughs> and I have, I mean, you guys, yeah. your we company. We the podcast. Produce the po- my, both my podcasts. I have Jess who's been helping me with copywriting recently and that's been a, an amazing addition but a scary addition to the business. And it's all about me like letting go a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more from the control and being able to find people who um, really provide a huge, you know, what what you said before about just not having to worry about certain things. Like Mel basically is my boss. We know what the business needs to do, but she knows how I work and can like not flood um, monday.com, which used to be Depulse, which is our project management tool with everything that needs to be done, but kind of even knows how to not overwhelm me and just get the things that need to get done done. It's extraordinary. It's so valuable to me, but that's not how a VA relationship starts out. No, no. And that's not even a VA. No, she is my project manager. I would even say business manager now. Yeah. So she is almost, she does, she does less of the doing. She doesn't do all the doing. We have people doing the doing and she is like the person making sure it all happens. Yeah. And I want to point out that's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, that's, that's a lot of of mouths to uh, feed. Why? And this is a thing that I'm always very conscious to say is that my revenue looks really good, but I, my, it takes, a lot of money to run my business. And that has been my choice. I want, I don't want to do all the doing. So as I have, it's it's the next level of liberation kind of thing. I don't want to do this part anymore. I need to have someone else in because I need to be moving more and more and more into that CEO visionary role for my business. I want to be the creative in my business. And, um, and so I need to earn revenue that supports that happening. And I feel like my customers and my audience and community uh, would appreciate more of me instead of like in a creative and helpful way to them, whether it's for free or in my paid programs. The less I do the doing of the business stuff, the more I can be present with them and the more I can think creatively about what they need. And, you know, what I can offer as free experiences or or paid experiences. That's where the value is in my business. Totally. So, so tell me, tell, explain about your. Yeah. So I've gone through a few iterations. I mean, I, I, I started outsourcing. My first outsourcing experience was probably bookkeeping. I think it was a fucking disaster. Oh yeah. Got a bookkeeper. So disaster. Anyway, um, it was like an online bookkeeping thing, really bad decision. It just removed me more from the money side of things, which was what not what I needed at that time. So I guess that was my first experience. And then I hired Neil, my editor, who's been with me since 2009, nearly 10 years. I cannot believe it. Wowza. I know. And I put him on due to desperation. So I'd been running Killer Copy for four years on my own to that point. I was the project manager, I was the salesperson, I was admin, I was all the things and things just started falling through the cracks, mistakes started happening. And I had systems and all kinds of stuff in place, but there got to this point where it was just like I was working 14, 16 hours a day and it was like, is this, why 
this mm. is not why I started my own business. I mm. used to work for another okay. person for 14 hours a day. I did this so I could have some more freedom and enjoyment in my life. So a friend of mine who's a business coach came up and stayed with me and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get rid of the editing. If that's, ta- if that's what's taking up most of your time and that's where the mistakes and cracks are kind of showing, get that out because get rid of that because somebody else, they might not be able to do it as perfectly as you or be as efficient as you at it. But right now you're neither efficient nor really that good at it because you've got mm. so much other shit to do. 100%. Yeah. And it was relatively cheap for me to let it go. So I thought, okay, I'll just give it a go. And I started with Neil. So Neil has been, he's moved from being an editor who I pretty much micromanaged in the beginning. Cause this is something that people don't talk about, right? Like you bring someone into your business. It's not like they just come in and they magically know all the things that you need to do. You, you need to teach them. You need to teach them how your business works. You need to have structure and stuff around that in order for it to really work well. So Neil started out with me replaying everything that he would do to start with just to make sure that we're on the same page. And eventually we built up the trust and now he is a project manager for me. So he, you know, he deals with clients. I still deal with the sales aspect of things and I still do a bit of voiceover and I do the bookkeeping for that business. Though I have a bookkeeper, I still do invoicing because it's really important for me to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening money-wise because I have a tendency to, you know, go into under a rock. And so I'd been working with Neil for years, which freed me up to do other things and to pursue more meaning. And as I did that, I created a whole bunch of different things, online magazine, co-working space, rah, 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 like lots of different iterations and um, expressions of me. And then I started Radcasters. And that's really when I needed to bring on a VA. Actually, it was when I fell pregnant because I knew I mm. needed someone to help me run the business. And during that time, during maybe the, I, like from when I closed the office collective, I went through a few VAs, nothing really stuck. You know, it was just, in and out, they would change direction or they'd increase their rates ridiculously from like, you know, 20 bucks an hour and then they're charging 60 bucks an hour. I started to think, is this me? Is it like that they don't want to work with me? Is there something? Anyway, but most of them were changing direction. So it was just like trial and error, trial and error. And then I came across Joe, who worked with me for a few years, helped me build Radcasters, really helped me to you know, get all that stuff happening. She took a lot of that stuff off my plate so that I could show up. And then I got Nikki on who oversaw everything for a while. But while this was all going on, the money was drying up. And that added a level of stress to me that was just next level because all the expenses, all the business expenses were going to pay other people. And I thought to myself, this is not why I'm in business either. You know, I'm, mm. I'm in business, number one, to make money for myself and my family to live and thrive. And number two, so that I can have some free time and do work with meaning and have some fun. And what I'm not in business for is solely to feed other people. And that's what it had become. All the money was going out and it was causing me so much stress. So I ended up deciding to tighten my team. 
and I went back to Neil and a Filipino VA, Rolly, and she would just manage the podcasting upload and I would do everything else. So I manage, you know, pretty much my personal brand, this mastermind with your help and your team's help, um, with myself, Neil and Rolly. And Rolly has just quit. <laughs> so there's an opening if anyone wants to help me. <laughs> Great, great job advertising. I know, I know. Well, you know, and this is the thing right now I'm in this position where I again have become a bit of a bottleneck in the personal Mm. brand aspect of things. And there's so many things that I want to be able to do. And I can't do because I have a limited amount of of hours in the day, but also because Mm. there's lots of areas I don't want to be showing up in. I have no interest in uploading a podcast if I don't have to do it. I have no interest in creating some artwork for me to share on Instagram. I have no interest in, you know, like I don't, I don't want to, I want someone to be able to send me a list of podcasts that I could pitch to, you know, someone who can do all that research stuff that I just get too confused and overwhelmed. Mm. So, so now I'm looking for someone who can help me, you know, run my retreats and get that stuff happening because it's the kind of stuff that I sit on and don't take action on because I don't have the help that I need in order to do that. So yeah. so there's a couple of lessons there, right? Number one is these things take time. I worked yeah. killer copy I did for four years without any help. We start somewhere. We don't start with the VA before we have an income. I don't believe that that's a really great way to start a business. I mean, if you've got lots of cash there, for sure, get the help where you need it. But I think it's really important for us to have an understanding of what we're creating and the elements that are in our business in order to then outsource so that we actually know what's going on. Like so many people are like, here's my business, figure it out, see you later. I'm just going to do some Facebook lives now. And and that's not how it works. I I can definitely say for sure that – as my business has grown and the systems that we're using have become more complicated, like Entreport, for example, like moving from MailChimp to Entreport, I knew that I could sit and try to work that stuff out. But instead, I the business paid for Mel to go to get certified in the US, her Entreport training. So that was an investment I was happy to make no matter what she ended up doing with the training, whether she stayed with me or whether she didn't. And it was actually her first overseas trip. So she had to get a passport and everything. She was a bit nervous, but she went and did it. And it felt really good because I realized like I could invest my time in doing that, but what's the point? But it has meant that I really don't know how to send an email if I needed to send an email, but I have multiple lists, like multiple segments. I, I don't touch that stuff because no, I would I break I, it. Yeah. And I'd, I would, I never touched that stuff either because I know, yeah. but I know where I show up well. So what, not what I'm saying is like, you need to know all the ins and outs of MailChimp, but you do need to know the tools that you, you do need to have a vision for your business and you do need to be making some income from that before, yeah. like for sure, go and get a website designed get someone who can help you build a funnel, but you still need to know what, you know, you still need to have your finger on the pulse of what's happening inside your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny. Um, I think that there's, there's 
number there's two things there's areas in which we find a lot of resistance to actually doing the work and that could very well be because our natural strengths don't lie there mm. i am now really honest with myself about that stuff i don't put myself down for not doing something i'm like well you're resisting that because there's a very good reason either you're not feeling confident with it you know you're worried or um or you just this is just not what you do. <laughs> and so just work out which one it is, get the help you need or move through whatever it is that you need to move through. But the other thing is, is that there's particular, like when you're building a personal brand type of business, it's very hard to let go. Mm. And I know for me in the Small Steps membership, it got to a point where I was like, I need help. I don't want to be creating these menu plans each month. But then what if it's not if it's not the type of menu plan that I would create, then it's not small steps. And that's what they want and that's what they're paying for. But you create and, a culture in your business that supports that, right? Right. So what I what I ended up doing there's a, there's a few people who I really respected who, and who have been watching me do small steps since its inception. And I really respect their work and I knew that they would be able to pull something together. So I used them to create some content for the membership site. And that was kind of the beginning of me starting to let go. But then there was someone inside that membership group who was so interested in food, was posting the most extraordinary recipes and amazing stuff. And I approached her and promoted her to being the person within the Small Steps membership who creates new recipe ideas now and puts together the menu plan and um, is in there able to answer questions, which she was doing anyway, but really keeping that food stuff rolling. So it allowed me the flexibility to be able to, instead of just being like my working hours being spent creating that stuff, letting go of that allowed me to go, hang on a minute, is this really working? Are people really getting, like, have they got what they need in order to be able to really do the work that they've come here to do? Which ended up meaning that I I changed the whole way that we ran the membership to be more bite-sized, sort of chunked down content. That is a better use of my time than just pumping out the the menu plans which I can do, but it doesn't necessarily mean I should do it. Mm. And when I was asking in my mastermind, how much do you pay these community managers and all that sort of thing? And I was really shocked with what they said. And this is the other thing too. We can get cheap Mm. labor, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean, that didn't really sit well with me. It does for certain things. You know, there's when you when someone's literally just sort of following a process and that kind of stuff but getting the right people in my business has been way more important to me than getting cheap people into yeah. my business if that makes sense yeah totally but then just before literally this morning I put a I'm just trying to get a sting put together for this live series I'm doing on my Facebook page and I just went straight to Upwork you know put a call out for the job put a price cap on it I'll get all these people wanting to do it. I'll put it out to a few of them because it's cheap and then just see what I end up running with. And, you know, so there's lots of different ways to do things. Yeah, and I think, you know, in in terms of my own business, I've had 
I've had sheep overseas help before and Rolly was part of that because it was like we mm. had we had a step by step this is how you do it. So yeah. anybody could pick that role up and and do it. So that is a you know that's that's the kind of 10 15 dollar an hour work. And then you have general VA stuff maybe local that is a little bit more in depth which might be 40 bucks an hour. And then you have like business manager which is what you know it's you can pay anywhere between you know depending on what people charge but you know I've paid 60 70 bucks an hour for that kind of work. So it's like and people charge up to you know $150 an hour for that kind of work even more. So it and and then you have like a designer and a designer will charge what a designer charges and mm-hmm. an editor will charge, you know. So it's like yeah, there are there are there are different levels to the people and I think one of the mistake most people make is having a VA that they expect to be all things. So they're the mm. VA, they do the basic stuff and then they expect them to also be the copywriter and do the design stuff and do the you know, oh, and gosh. do the podcast yeah. management and do the, and do the, and do that. And they want to do that for $2.50 an hour. <laughs> that doesn't work. No, <laughs> unless you, no. unless you find some kind of weird unicorn. Yeah. It's rare. It can happen. Rarely does. Yeah. I think the thing that when you're really looking, especially when people are beginning, is really getting clear on the jobs that they need to get done. And I think. I would definitely say, so Mel has basically built our teams. She she puts position descriptions together, gets people to apply, and then kind of brings me the top two or three. And um, she's really, really, she actually has a background in recruitment, which helps. <laughs> but people go on trials. So I think a really good idea is, and this is probably yeah, what you'll do, do when you're hiring a yeah, 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 where it's just like, this is the job. This is how you do it. Uh, let me know when you're done. And then and then you just see how they work and see how long it takes them and those sorts of things. Uh, I know that uh, if you want someone really close, working really closely with you, um, James Wedmore, my mentor, he gets everyone to do the Myers-Briggs. Mm. So he understands what type of personality that they've got because there's going to be some people who do, who are just process-driven, love being told exactly what to do and then just implementing it. And then if someone applies for that role but they're highly you know, creative, um, self-starters, m- much prefer, you know, different type of work, then it's just, it's never going to happen. Yeah. It, we used to, be- um, well, I've had mates who, and I've asked a few people who I've worked with to do the um, Roger Hamilton's ta- talent dynamics to see. Talent dynamics. Yeah, yeah. To, to see whether or not they, like Nikki, who was a godsend to me, was a Lord accumulator, which was really great because it was the opposite of what I bring and that's what I needed at that time. So Mm -hmm. those kind of personality test things are really great. But I also recommend, you know, sometimes we can throw things out to to a designer or to a bookkeeper and not go through that hiring process. Mm. And sometimes it's really good to actually do that even with a bookkeeper to make sure that you are aligned you know what I mean? Yeah. So yep, instead sure. of just like 
yeah, hiring them as a contractor or like a, a freelancer, actually having them go through an application process to work with you it might sound stupid, but it, yeah, it can help you find the right person for the job. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, and it depends what type of business you're creating. Yeah. I had lunch with a friend yesterday who, who geared up her business and found it, you know, with a lot of help and, you know, outsourcing and has ended up finding that like almost like a noose around her neck mm. that it stifled her creativity because she wasn't able to, um, she was distressing about being able to pay everyone. And especially when you're just starting out, it's, it, it's, when, and she's not, she's established, but she's working out what type of business she actually wants to run yeah. and what it really requires in terms of help to do that. So you're getting really clear on your own work hours, what type of work you want to be doing, being able to create position descriptions. Once you've kind of had a crack at it yourself and know what needs to be done, then you can, there's, there's, there's VA agencies and they manage a whole lot of that process for you. Uh, you can go on places like, I think we found our latest, you know, process VA on Upwork. I have a feeling and she's awesome. And you just put out an ad on somewhere like that and just see who responds and give them little trials. Also, you need to be able to, as you said before, teach them. Mm. And have some processes written out because they don't all come with knowing the ins and outs of your particular business. Absolutely. Or all the tools. And no. keeping in mind that the person who uploads your podcast and the person who builds a sales funnel, they're two different people. Two different you know, people. It, and yeah. yeah, it's, you've got, you've got to be clear on what the tasks you have are that you need yep. to get rid of and find the person to do those tasks. But they can't be all the tasks. One person doesn't do all things, just the same way we shouldn't do all things if we can afford not to. And people always ask the question, always, how many hours do you start with? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like if you don't know how much help you need and how long it takes, just do the work yourself yeah. and see what's going on. But, you know, in and terms then of add saying, a little start, because start if you know small, how to do the things, small. you yeah. know, like, but yeah, just start at five hours a week yeah. and don't lock yourself into contracts that are binding forevermore, but experiment. I have found it that I have only been able to grow this business and I think it's been able to grow a bit faster and I'm able to have multiple things on the go because of the team. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I, I am my own bottleneck with so many things. But in, in saying that also, it's been a whole new skill set that I'm still learning and really, really still learning about managing people. Mm. And I know, like, as Mel, as the contact point in my business, I can miss having that interaction with the people who are working with us. So that's something that I really, you know, once again, the, the more time I have, the more impact I can have on people. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'd like to take things is having more virtual meetings and all that kind of thing to just I be think, in contact. And, you know, I, I've been thinking um, I was doing some work around uh, things that, that really piss me off in business. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of them is businesses that have, uh, you know, their mission statement or their values 
plastered all over the place and then they're really not aligned with them Mm -hmm. and their staff are disempowered and there's this big gap between management and staff and morale is low. Retail is, it's rife in retail, right? Mm -hmm. And, And it makes me really angry. And when I, and part of the reason I left working in those kind of toxic work environments was because I wanted to create a different culture. And I think this is an app for another day, which is, you know, company culture. Company culture. Yeah. yeah and, cr- and creating yeah. something that works for you. But that's really at the essence of what we're talking about here is, uh, you know, being aware of what you want to create so that then you can find the people who can help you create that. Yeah. Rather than I'm starting a business, the first step is I need a VA. Like, what are you actually creating? What is your vision? And how can you get the people involved that you need to take you where you want to go? But that's where it yeah. starts, Yeah, you know? Oh, definitely. And being able to clearly articulate your vision and what your company stands for means that people have the chance to get behind it as well. And and have buy-in. And it's a vital part of a, of a job description is who you are and what you do and who you serve and, Mm. and the way you go about business, what's important to you as a brand. And it's something that when we're a solopreneur and we're working on our own, we don't necessarily have, you know, that I think it's really important for all of us to know our value and our vision and our mission. But most of us don't because we're just a person working on their own, doing their own thing. But if you're going to have even one person in your team, you really need to know where you're going or not necessarily, you know, exactly where you're going, but you need to know what you're doing it for, you know, Mm. and then people can come along for the ride with you going where you're going. And yeah, and that comes down to knowing your vision, having values and sticking by them. Absolutely. I think we've kind of yeah, nutted that jammed. one out. Yeah. Jammed or we've jammed. Yeah. And of course, you know, let's chat about this in our Facebook group. Yeah. So the Keeping Good Company Facebook group, come and join us. Um, we love having these conversations and hearing about what it is that you need help with to um, create, grow and keep your good company. <laughs> cool. Until next time. Hey, don't oh. laugh at me. That was good. <laughs> well, you're better at segues, obviously, than me. <laughs> Old lady. Give me, bit, give me a bit of credit. I'm not the one with the grey hair. <gasps> <gasps> Whatever. Ouch. Bye-bye. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep good company.